Welcome to the Huddled McFumble Podcast, a place where we come together to talk football, stats, fantasy, and sometimes we just drop the ball with your hosts, Magic Mike and the captain. Episode four of the Huddle McFumble Podcast. We're coming to you live from Indianapolis, Indiana, the home of the 2023 Combine for your Combine Special. This is your captain, Matt Sharp. I'll be your official guide as we dive into the world of the NFL, fantasy football, and everything in between. I'm joined by my co-host, the amazing Mike Najati. Mike, episode four, the Combine Special. I love this time of year. We've been, the NFL never sleeps. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this one we for have, a while. We have. And um, how about the how about the facilities here at uh, Lucas Oil? Uh, amazing. Yeah, amazing. Uh, over the top, uh, and it's it's great to see these young guys come in, perform, and put up every year. I'm, I'm already looking forward to next year. Yeah. Uh, every year they put up ridiculous numbers, and I don't know how the human body can continue to do what these guys are doing. It's, Somebody's going to just get killed out there. It is absolutely insanity. Yeah. Some of the numbers and some of the things that we are seeing out here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. If you go back 10 years ago and you had players that when well, like the combine's been around for a while, but if you go back 10, even 10 years ago and you had team players like Ray Lewis or like these hall of fame type guys yep. and they do what the drills are they're doing with the times that they had back then if they did them now they'd be like oh there's seventh round draft pick like they wouldn't even be in because the you had guys that would like you'd have a linebacker who'd run a four seven they'd be like look at that that guy is he's six three and he's 260 pounds and he ran a four seven that's amazing and now you've got guys running four three nines and stuff at that i i can't even i can't even understand how they're doing this look you've got a a six foot four, a six foot five quarterback, two hundred and forty four pounds, and just ran a two at a, a forty of four four. It's br- unbelievable. It's, I mean, he is. He, did you know that he actually, according to the next gen stats, he clocked f- just a tad shy of the fastest clocked player in the NFL last year with Yes, on. wasn't it twenty? It was twenty two miles an hour, something was, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were insane. Yeah, <clears throat> he also broke. The record for the highest, uh, f- um, or the the best vertical and broad jump. <laughs> okay, you know what's really crazy for me though? Why is that stat? Well, like, why is that drill even relevant for a quarterback? Like, uh, what does that mean? To me, I don't, I don't, I don't see. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you're going to see a quarterback do a broad jump in a, in a game? Yeah, it's really more. It, it's, it's more of a drill for receivers or for. Um, running backs, maybe linemen, or at least defensive uh, linemen. It's about explosion, right? You don't... Yeah. To, for that guy, though, uh, being a a running quarterback, it, it like, it's just... He is, he is a specimen. I, I understand that it's more about seeing the athleticism of the guys, yeah. right? But really, for that position, I don't know if those two drills are even relevant. I agree. I agree. But before we get too far into this, Mike, we got to thank our sponsor, Today's uh, exciting sponsor is Optical, is the Optical Dongle Collective. Check them out for all, all your electronic optical dongle needs. Find them at www.we'vegotyourdongle.com today. <laughs> Love our sponsors, Matt. Yeah. You know I do. We, we, we do not discriminate against anybody. We, we want to bring our listeners yeah. the best. And, you know, I get asked a lot, like, who's your, who's your go-to dongle guy? <laughs> and I'm all like, it's Optical Dongle Collective. <laughs> oh. They're the best at what they do. So before further ado, Ron, why don't you kick us off? Get this thing started. A big thanks to this episode's sponsor and welcome to the 2023 Combine Special. Thank you, Ron. Mike, when did the... Combine first start, not not the one that's on TV, but when did it just in general start? Hmm. Um, that's a good question, Matt. I don't really know. I'm I'm gonna take a guess here. I'm gonna guess uh, late seventies. You would be wrong. Okay. So up till when the combine officially started, play, this is unbelievable. Players would have to connect with the teams, 
and the team would have to come either to their facility or they'd fly them out to, to, they'd have to go to the college or they'd have to fly them out to their facility. And the one team would run them through a bunch of drills. Oh. So you could have a team where a guy runs a 40 yard dash in like, it was all like hand time, right? You'd have a guy run like a four, three, and then go somewhere else and run like a four, seven, because there's wind wow. differences. and all. So there's no, there's no consistency. So what would happen if a guy got hurt running a oh, drill <laughs> for a team? Uh, this is, if this is back in the seventies, you took some aspirin and sucked it up and went to your next thing because that guys were tough back then. Wow. But the official one, when teams came together and said, this is ridiculous. We need to bring everybody together and have one place where everybody can get timed or, you know, graded was in 1982 and it happened oh, okay. in Tampa, Florida. Now I will, I know that it was, it was not broadcast. It was not a big event. Nobody knew about it. It was just the, the teams that send their scouts out to do those kind of things. But it eventually, uh, I would probably say, I, and honestly, I think a fantasy football has a lot to do with this. Hmm. But it was probably about eight years ago. Uh, I may be very wrong on that, but it really started to take off um, where the NFL channel started broadcasting it. And it's gotten bigger and bigger. It's almost like in the same way the NFL draft is by far the biggest event for any of the pro sports for draft. Like baseball, who knows? Hockey's tried. Basketball has tried. But the NFL draft has become a huge event. Yeah, it's it's on... Prime time TV. Yeah. And again, it's one of my favorite things to watch. I yeah. love watching that. We always, uh, Magic Mike and I get together and, and watch it and we just love it. So I'm looking forward to the podcast where we discuss all the uh, the draft picks. But yeah, it started in 82 and it's just gotten bigger since then. So, so okay. So let me ask you, Matt, what is your favorite aspect then mm-hmm. of the Combine? Uh, event or like the thing they run just, or just in general just what it in is. general what's your favorite aspect of the combine what what is what do you because you've been watching it a lot longer than i have yeah um i mean by far i like to see the 40 yard dash that's what i look forward to okay uh especially with and it's in just and it doesn't even matter if it's fantasy related it's i like seeing these guys who are 300 pounds defensive tackles running i remember years ago watching bj rashi who played for Boston College, eventually got uh, drafted by the Packers. He ran it, and I can't remember what he ran, but I think it was like a 4.9 four or something like that. And this guy was 320 pounds, and yeah. he was, I don't even know if he was six feet. And just watching him run um, is, is unbelievable. Like, to be able to see the physical ability of these guys. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think the 40-yard dash translates to any anything at all? For, no. It's purely the sexy thing to watch. Right. Um, I don't, outside of maybe running backs, I don't think it has a whole lot of purpose because cornerbacks are backing up for most of it. Receivers are running routes um, and it's stop and go. So there's other drills that I think are more important for those positions, but I love watching it. It's just a fun thing to watch. Um, I love watching the quarterbacks throwing, doing their throwing drills. Yeah. Because part of it is they don't know these receivers and they, it, it, you, there's a difference between them doing it where they don't know the receivers, they don't know what their speeds are and their their skill sets are, than what they do at pro days. Mm-hmm. But you, it's it's amazing to see. You know, you you're able to really see. Are they able to you know read their speeds and be able to judge that? Um, are they purely just a super hard thrower? Do they have touch? <clears throat> Can they throw that deep ball? So I love watching that. And then again, watching like some of these agility drills with these big guys is unbelievable. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to think that these guys can be six foot seven and and move it the way that they do. It's, Mm -hmm. um, again, I'm, I'm shocked that somebody has just gotten killed by being hit by these guys because they're literally a truck out there running. So yeah. What about you? I'm blown away by year after year. Seems like these guys are getting bigger and faster like some of the numbers and some of the stuff that we've seen this week being here man oh man these guys are just putting up just freakish numbers yeah um so that that's really fascinating for me to see that i love i love seeing the quarterbacks throw yeah and this uh, year was great because they actually had quarterbacks throw the one thing that if i'm gonna say there's one thing that bugs me about 
the um, the combine is because there's so much pressure on these guys, you're not seeing the top guys because they're they're bowing out to do their own pro days, which are kind of basically a fake version yeah. of the combine. I don't want to say yet you should force them to be able to do it, but like it's kind of annoying when you see okay, this receiver is not going to run the three cone drill. This receiver is not going to run the four uh, the the um, forty. Um, they're going to do bench press, which nobody cares about, and they're going to do vertical jump. Like do it all. I want to see all of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so. no, I agree with you that that's that's kind of um, an annoying thing for me as well. Is like I get why, know, but I don't like agree this with year. We you know Bryce Young is a perfect example of it, right? Um, he showed up. He did his interviews. Um, got weighed and measured and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. did not participate in any of the events whatsoever. Yeah. And well, is waiting to do it for his pro day, right? Yeah. So. And it, to me, it's like, okay, like then you're taking up, there's only a certain number of spots for the combine. Yeah. There's hundreds of kids. Yeah. In smaller colleges that have not been afforded the opportunity to be invited to this. Yes. Because you are there. Yeah. <clears throat> and you are choosing not to participate in any of it. Yeah. And it's, it's irritating Yeah, to me as I, I don't like that at all. I, I actually, if I was going to grade the, uh, the quarterbacks and, and guys in the combine. Yeah. Guys that, you know, don't participate in the events for me, that's a knock personally. Well, and, and here's the thing when they, when they, do the same drills, at least the throwing drills. Mm-hmm. But they actually will run almost all the same drills for their pro day. They will run most of the time. They'll run a 40. Uh, and they do passing drills. When was the last time you saw a pro, pro day? Because they, they, I mean, they don't necessarily show them, but you, you'll see highlights on the NFL channel or something like that, where it's bad. Like yeah. most of the time they're like this, Johnny Manziel and Jamarcus Russell. Zach Wilson. Both had, Zach Wilson, both had what, um, Scout said the best pro days they've ever seen. Right. And, but it's because it's, you, you know, the receiver, you've been playing with them, you know, every drill that you probably practice it a million times and there's no, you're not thinking at all. You're just doing, and it's like, it's kind of fake. I want to, I want to see how you can process in real life. You know, one, one thing that kind of stood out to me about the quarterbacks in general and, and, and well, the quarterbacks in particular, I should say. So you have a guy like Anthony Richardson come in here and put on an absolute clinic. Yeah. The buzz around this kid every time he went up to do a drill was insane. So he'd go out there, flick, you know, throw and flick a 60-yard pass in the air like it was nothing. CJ Stroud steps up. It's like, oh, yeah? I can do that too, right? Where So that, to me, if I'm a GM... That shows that there's there's just some competitiveness yes. there. There's some juice in that in in Stroud. Yeah, that speaks volumes to me about him as yeah. a person versus a guy like Bryce Young. How do we know that he doesn't shrink in in competition mode? Yeah, right. Um, so to, that that's that's an important thing to me, and it was really impressive seeing you know, for Stroud. I, I I was really impressed by him because he was not he didn't back down. He wasn't intimidated by the numbers that. Um, Anthony Richardson was putting out there. It was it was pretty insane, and and that's what I heard from everybody who was evaluating them. Uh, it's almost that same sentiment. It's like this guy stepped up. The the guys who threw, yeah, they didn't have to throw. We all know that Stroud is is a top three pick. Yep. But he went there and he and he showed showed off what he could do, and and I hope it pays off for him. Yeah, me too. I, I think he looked amazing. So, yeah. um, but how much stock do you actually put in this? I think it depends on the position, Matt. And I'm reluctant to say that it doesn't because if it didn't, they wouldn't be doing it. Right. But I don't know if it's purely like, you, I don't know if you can tell Yeah, this kid's going to be great because he did great at the combine. Cause at the end of the day, they're, they're not getting hit. They don't have pads on. It's a different speed. Yeah. There is, there's a, the you know game speed versus practice speed is a real thing. Yeah, and then again, trying to how do you understand the plays? Are you able to comprehend what's being called and the you know the moment in the game that you know the intensity of the of the game? Are you how do you react to that? All this stuff to me is you can't replicate that at a combine. Oh, yeah, so I, I think as well, like we also don't see everything 
Yes, the events we see, the the physical events, but we're not seeing the interviews. I think the interviews are far more important. Yeah. Where, uh, from my understanding, the co- especially with quarterbacks, coaches are throwing at them like crazy amounts of information and seeing what their recall is. Right. I watched uh, Matt uh, Max Dunnigan do something with um, uh, one of the coaches from the NFL Network. He was on there. He was he was interviewing him, and he gave him some play that was like a book length. At the very beginning of the interview, did you see this? I saw I saw Mariucci do the same thing. With yeah, that Richardson. was sorry. Oh, it was Mariucci with with um, Dunnigan, and it was like right at the very beginning, and he was explaining this off, uh, offense, and then they had like a ten minute conversation. conversation, and at the very end, he goes, "Tell me about that play that I did," and I'm just like, "I've already forgotten everything." <laughs> and he gets up there and rhymes this thing off. Yeah. Not only that, draws out the play. Yes. Tells him what his first read is. If that's not there, goes to a second read. If the defense does this, and it's just like they have to process all yeah. this within a matter of seconds. No yeah. wonder there's a such a big difference between a good quarterback and a great one. Is yeah. that the, the recall and being able to tell if this guy does this and this guy does this, then we're going to do this. Like it's just I I could never do that. Yeah. No, I, I saw the same thing with Richardson. <clears throat> he did the same thing and was and, he able to do it. Oh yeah. 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 It was insane. I was like, oh. Oh, wait. And he didn't tell him. He didn't say, like, remember this because I'm going to talk to you. But he just did. Yeah. And, and they just know it. It's, it's yeah, that was, Richardson was really impressive. From what I've heard with the interviews, he was, he was, he nailed every aspect. Yeah. But the question for me is when the tape doesn't match and the stats don't match what happens at the combine. So when I'm saying, like, uh, how much stock do you put in? I'm always leery. Yeah. When they, when a guy who has had three years in college or four years and has had at least one solid year of starting comes to the combine, blows it out of the way and then, but didn't do anything in his college games. I, it makes me question things because you know, there's for every guy that is like Richardson who just destroys everything. There's 10 guys who bombed it. Um, you look at Antonio Brown, probably, Top three all time receiver for being um, that kind of uh, slot or like smaller, quick, um, not not a deep threat, but like you know the yeah. the, the route running master. Uh, Anquan Bolden. Anquan Bolden ran like a four eight. Uh, there's guys who just tank and then are superstars. Well, if you look at Bolden, he had amazing tape going to Florida State. You got to look at both, which is why I think I think part of the combine is just the sexiness of the combine. Right. But if you don't combine that with, let's look at what they actually did in college. Yeah. Um, which is, which is the reason as impressive as Richardson was. Yeah. My big red flag is we only have thirteen games. Yeah. Of tape on the kid. Yeah. Like he hasn't played that much. So, but. Yeah, I but there are there is a reason I've heard from um, scouts and from uh, GMs who've been interviewed about him, and they're like, I wouldn't even take him in the first round. But coaches, GMs, they cannot whiff on this guy. They are they are deathly afraid. Their jobs are on the line that yep. if they go, you know what, I'm not going to take him with the sixth overall pick or the eighth overall pick, which is probably around where he's going to go. Because they're deathly afraid that, because the, let's be clear, nobody knew Mahomes was going to be Mahomes until he became Mahomes. Right. He had a big arm, same with, with Josh Allen. They had big arms, but they needed to be taught how to, how to hone that and become the quarterback that they are. Nobody wants to, to miss out on him. But then for every guy that gets drafted because they don't want to miss out, you've got a Mitch Trubisky who everybody gets fired anyways because he was overdrafted. So well, it's, I a, think it's the a really tough spot to be in. The reason for that is I think a lot of the coaches and GMs have, look, we all have egos, but in order to be a coach or a GM in an NFL, you really have to have an ego. And a lot of these guys feel like I can fix them yeah. or I can, I can make them better. Right. Which is why they also stay in the NFL for 15 years, yes. whether or not they're a starter or a backup, because yes. everybody's like, oh, that those first eight teams that couldn't do it. I can make him right. what he is. Right. But yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm super impressed with Richardson, but at the same time, I'm reluctant. I, I don't know if it's going to translate to the next level, and where they land is also critical. Yeah, right. 
and you know who's their coaching what's the ownership like what's is there is there someone that on the staff that can mentor yeah the kid um but yeah all that stuff is is really really interesting but the question also is now from a from an NFL quarterback standpoint he may not be putting up those massive you know passing yards and 50 touchdowns mm-hmm. but what is his ceiling with being a dynasty quarterback because again I've, I've expressed this before is that I am a firm believer I've drafted a lot of quarterbacks in dynasty and I and I've done pretty good with with my evaluations of them and if you can get a guy who maybe needs a little bit of work but maybe he's a little bit raw but is mobile if they can hold off and not have be thrown into the lion's den and have to throw those 50 touchdowns mm-hmm. and have a 65 percent completion percentage and they can run the ball to keep their their um the drives alive and, and have some success with the team it's it it allows them to have the grace period of a couple of years to become that quarterback right josh allen is a perfect example his first two years he was a running quarterback and it allowed him to have some success, get the guys to believe in him, get the team to believe in him, get the players around him to become who he is. Jalen Hurts is another example of that. Lamar is another example of that. Like there's so many of these guys now that have the physical capabilities mm-hmm. where in the past you were brought in, you're you're a Sam Bradford, you're one of these guys that's a pocket quarterback and you're thrown in and it's like if you're not in the first year able to be able to do what you can do that – you got vet quarterbacks who've been in, in the league for 15 years are doing, you're out. Right. You know, so I think those, like Richardson, I would not be shocked if five years from now, Richardson is the best quarterback in this draft. I would not be shocked. Wow. I would not be shocked. I would also not be shocked if he has been, uh, he's either not in the league, is a backup, or he's a tight end somewhere. Like, he has all the capabilities to be able to do yeah. that, but it's like, he has the physical capabilities to be able. I just don't know if he's that good to be able to do it. So yeah, I think for me it all depends on where he lands, and I've heard he could go as far as or as high as fourth in Indianapolis. Now I think that would be disaster for him myself. Yeah, I think although if he, if he lands in say Seattle, I think Seattle picks seventh. Yeah. I've heard they're they're still going to draft a quarterback. Give him some time, and they have Geno. They have yeah. Geno for essentially for two years. It yeah. was a three year deal, but really it's from two years, and let him sit and learn under a guy like Geno Smith. Yep, I think he'll be, he'll do way better. I but I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happens because as much as I, I think we were watching the draft when Jordan Love got drafted by the Packers. And people lost their mind mm-hmm. because you have Aaron Rodgers. You don't. You don't need him. What are you doing? Is he right. out the door? Like is he is next year Jordan Love your quarterback? I think that especially if Jordan Love comes out this year and and really takes off, you're gonna see teams go. Okay, it worked with Rodgers. He got drafted when they had an MVP quarterback who came off a ten and thirteen season. Yep. He had three years before he became a starter. The exact same thing is happening with Jordan Love. There is something to be said about getting a player. There is something to be said about throwing a guy in. There are Hall of Fame guys like Mahomes or Josh Allen or Herbert or Burrow who can just go just throw. Well, Manning had a terrible first season. But he started. But you saw promise. Yeah. But there's something to be said about those guys. But there's also something to be said about saying, okay, let's allow them to be able to um, grow into the position. And not feel the pressure of this guy left. Now I need a guy instantly to become the starter. And you may see guys, if again, if the Jordan Love thing works, I think you're going to see more people going, okay, maybe these guys who aren't um, the Trevor Lawrences of the world, Mm -hmm. but the guys who are project kind of guys, like a Richardson, let's give them a couple years behind a good quarterback to allow them to grow into that. And then when they, you know, hit the, the ground running, they can go. So it's all going to depend on where he goes. If he goes, if he goes somewhere, like I've also heard he could go to Carolina and he goes in there and he's instantly thrown to the wolves. It could be a disaster. Yeah. I, I, I don't well, think he's ready. 
if you think about it, this this phenomenon of drafting a quarterback and inserting him into the lineup year one, yeah, is really relatively new for ever in a day. It was always you draft the quarterback, yeah, it, he sits behind the, um, you know, a guy for two, three, four years. Um, how long did Steve Young sit behind Montana? Yeah, that was, that was a long time. Um, but that that was always the the procedure. That was that's the that was the steps. Yeah, of being a starting quarterback. They were a lot more patient back then, though. Yes, like even when you look at like a Troy Aikman, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. His first year, they were one in fifteen, right. and he was terrible. The next year, he wasn't really good. Like it, it took some time, and they and they go okay, like he's going to suck at the beginning, but now you've got Geno Smith's a great example. He was terrible for the Jets. Yeah. And then he went to the Giants next, I think it was, for a period of time. And then he went to Seattle. And now it's like, okay. So he's grown He's grown into, he had all the capabilities. It's, it's the mental aspect of and it. Maturity and maturity. Maturity, yeah. Is, is a big, big part of that as well. But yeah, you know, I think, you know, back in 10, 15, 20 years ago, owners were a lot more patient. Yeah. GMs and owners are... You, you essentially have a, a three to four year window max at the top end. If you're not producing and if you're not at a high end team in three to four years of taking a job, you're out. Right. Owners are not waiting around anymore. Right. Yes. Um, I think the Maras are probably the only one, um, the only organization where there seems to be, they don't move off coaches or, or players as quickly as they should actually right they, they're kind of like on the opposite end of the scale but most of the franchises you know they if you're not if there's something wrong it's not uncommon for them to get rid of a coach in year one i mean look at houston the last two years they've had a coach last one year that's a whole other oh man but that yeah i get that yeah um anyways so what do you think about the strategy some guys uh, pull off where they, they purposefully don't want to do the, the events at the combine, but they want to do them at the, the pro day. I know we kind of talked about it earlier. Yeah, I just don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't understand the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, I, I get that it's more comfortable. You're in a more of a comfortable setting in your own pro day. But I, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't, I don't understand that, that strategy. Yeah. And I don't even know, actually, I should probably look it up, but I don't even know, is there a history of having, like implementing that strategy? Has it paid off for guys? From what I've seen over the years, I've seen it done by guys who are top 10 picks. They're guaranteed top 10 picks. Uh, and whatever numbers they do are not going to help their overall draft positioning. So why run, and I don't necessarily disagree with this, but why run the drills if, so for instance, if you're a top 10 pick, mm -hmm. and if for some reason you're running back and you run a 4-6, like that can, that can really hurt your, your top 10 status, right? You, you've seen like little things can throw people off, whether or not it's they take a physical and they're like, oh, they may have a bit of a knee issue. They drop to the end of it. Rumors. I mean, the biggest one of all time was some NFL team put a rumor in that Dan Marino was a drug user and he fell to Miami. And he's like, I've never done drugs. Like, I don't know. Like uh, Warren Sapp was another one. There were rumors about him being a troublemaker and he fell in the draft. So like little things can do that. So don't give any more fire than, or fuel to any more fire. So I don't necessarily agree with it, but I do understand it. Um, mm. Especially if you're a quarterback and you're, you're Trevor Lawrence, you're already going number one. You do not need to throw. You don't need to run. You don't do anything. You say, look at my tape. Anything you do is only going to either, they're going to either going to go, oh yeah, well we already knew that because you're amazing. Or, oh, there's some questions now. He's not fast as, as he was. He's not as strong as he was. There's no benefit. So, which begs the question then, is it even worthwhile having a combine? Yes. Because there's a million other guys that are third, 
to seventh round draft picks who um, need it. So, like, so here's an example. Uh, going in, this is going back, I don't know how, 10 years ago. Aaron Donald comes out to the a combine. He's a smaller, I, I, he's maybe six feet, 280 at this time. He wasn't a big defensive tackle. He went to the senior bowl and just killed everybody there. He was amazing. And it was starting to get the buzz going. He was a late round, a late first round, I think, evaluated, maybe second round player. He comes in and just destroys the, the uh, combine, did amazing. And I think he ended up going eighth or something like that. To He, he, was, he moved all the way up. Mm-hmm. So for guys like him or guys who are borderline, um, maybe not even able to get drafted, can move up to a fourth or fifth round pick because of being able to show that they have all the athletic ability. But the question, though, is if everybody's having pro days anyways. Not everybody does, though. Hmm. When so you see the pro they? day, yeah, they should. But when you have a smaller school or you have you have a, a like not every player is going to have their get all the attention of it, right? So you may have Alabama do a pro day. Well, they have ten guys that are NFL caliber. You may be just right. a borderline guy. Nobody's going to pay attention to you with all those other guys. They're, they're going to be watching everybody else running their stuff. Right? So should should the league? Then, and, and this is going to be I, I, logistically. I know it's right. probably a really hard thing to do, but should they allow and open it up to more players from yes. smaller colleges to come into the combine? Because if the case is that not all schools have pro days, right? And it's probably one of the reasons why you have all these unsigned free agents or undrafted free agents all the time every year, right? Um, a lot of them come from small schools. So I would I would love to see a combine that maybe was broken up a bit, maybe had multiple combines that allowed you to see people from all over the country. Right. Because the reason why the, they do it the way they do it now is because they're, it's also uh, ratings. They oh. want to have the big name guys there, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I'd also love to see some of the smaller guys be able to do it, see what they can do. But yeah, from I, a, from a rating perspective, though, it's one of the you know one of the things that really annoyed me with with Bryce Young. How much more buzz would there have been if you had Richardson, Bryce Young, Stroud, all oh, these yeah. guys yeah. participating in the events, right? So, anyways, but yeah, um, I think HBCU schools have their own combine, and it's I think it's like only the second or first or second year that they are having their own. Yeah. Combine. And that's a great idea too. Yeah. But, and there's like division, I don't know what they've changed to what the name, they used to be division two or whatever NCAA yeah. um, division two. There's a new name for it now, but they have one as well. And then there's multiple ones, um, regional ones, but you don't actually see them, right? They mm-hmm. would have a regional one and then they'd have a super regional one where everybody from the original re- regional one gets invited to. And, and so they're all over the place, but um, either way, I love it. I love seeing it all. I love, Oh, it's been fun. It's been fun being here and talking to the people, talking to some of the scouts. When you hear the awe, yes. like, oh, did you, like, it's and, and unbelievable. The, there's, there's a lot more fans here than I anticipated. This year is the first year they opened it up. Yeah, it was, it was, and it, like, the, when Richardson was throwing or when he, when he was running, it was, you could see the, like, you could hear it. Yeah. That people are just like, what? Like, yeah. the, you could, zip, 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 zip. like people are, he had everybody talking. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was great. So. I know you were saying that you haven't been involved with the combine for as long as I have, but do you have any memories from uh, the past of people you've seen or like uh, events that, that you've seen people run that are, are that you remember? So this is probably a, a, a recency bias. What I'm about to say. Yeah. Um, but nothing's really stands out to me. Well, actually that's not true. Seeing Manti Teo, Teo when he came out and the circus that was around him <laughs> yes. at the combine was crazy. Yeah. And I, I, feel, so and I, I feel awful for that guy. He, yeah. was, he was actually a really good player and really good guy. Um, but that was insane. But this year's, this year's combine was, this was special to me. Like the, yes. the, I've never seen, like some of the performances were just absolutely out of this world. 
to me. And every year that you see these guys, they're they're getting better, right? So when you've been blown away um, in previous years, then you see, oh, cause I remember when Cam Newton came out. He ran a 4.6, and everybody's like, oh, my gosh. The guy was six foot, uh, was he 6'4"? Um, I think he was 240, and he ran a 4.6. Yeah. And everybody's like, man, that's amazing. And then you see <laughs> Richardson, and it's like, okay, so Camden sucks. Um, there's two for me that really stand out. One is going back, again, it's like 10 years ago or, or, or longer, when Sean Merriman out of uh, Maryland, I believe he played for, ran a 40. And he, at the time, he's a first-round talent, 6'4", I believe it was 260 or 270, ran, it was like a 4'6'8", or something like that. And at the time, I'm just like, a man that big should not be able to run the ball that yep. fast, or run, run, run a 40 that fast. Nowadays, that's, that's common. But so, at the time, it was that, that was groundbreaking. So I sent you this... Um, this, this was really, really impressive. And we talked about this. But there's a receiver, Tank Dell. Yes. Out of Houston. Five foot eight, 165 pounds. He ran the 40 with 4.49. Not bad. Yeah. A good number. There was a defensive lineman from the <laughs> Northwestern. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce his name. Um, but a AA is are his initials. He's six foot one, two hundred and eighty-two pounds. Matt, he ran at a four point four nine. Yeah. He's as fast as a hundred and sixty-five pounds. This is almost a three hundred pound guy. That's bananas. That's nuts. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts. Well, there what was that one guy from Georgia, the the, the edge rusher. Oh yeah. Who did a four point three nine or something like that. And he was interviewed afterward. He's like, I wasn't even running my fastest. What? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. So the other one for me, I never saw this, but I've heard the story of Deion Sanders. Oh, he would have been, that would have been an awesome one to see. So from my understanding, he didn't do any of the drills because he already knew he was going to be a top pick. And in fact, he didn't even do, I don't know if he did any interviews because I, I'm pretty sure the story was that the, um, the Giants went to interview him and he's like, He's like, oh, so when do you pick? And they're like eighth. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it because I'm not going to be there for that. So he completely blew him off. <laughs> I love it. So Such a Dion move. From what I understand, he pulled up um, in a limo or whatever. He got out in a track suit, like in like, not like a, you know, everybody's got like spandex on, yeah. like just a like track pants. No stretching, no nothing. Walked up to the line, got in a stance. Blew the, uh, whatever, took off. He ran like a 4-3 and then just left. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. And I've also heard, um, this is before the combines were, like players were, were doing, um, where, where everybody was going to do it. But Bo Jackson supposedly, uh, when he ran a 40, I think it was at his pro day, I think he ran like a 4-1. They say it's un, not official because there's no, again, it, it's just human timing. It's not computer driven right. or whatever, but like supposedly he just ran a four one. So I, he would have been a fun one. Bo Jackson, I'm telling you right now, if, if he was in today's game and he came to a combine, he would make everybody look stupid. Oh, for sure. Cause his, I, I would almost bet he would break four two and his jump, his, his agility, everything. He was, he was like nothing anybody had ever seen before. I, I heard Dion tell the story, and, I, and I, I thought it was absolutely priceless. But they asked Dion one time when he went to tackle Bo Jackson what that was like. And he said <laughs> the way that it's only Dion can really tell the story the way that he does. But essentially what he went to tackle him, and he said, Bo put his hand on my head and blessed me because <laughs> he, he said he just blessed me to have a great career. Yeah. And so he, he made he a business decision and that yeah, was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He stiffed, stiff armed him to, to basically to, and then, yeah, it was, it's, it was Derrick uh, Henry before Derrick Henry. For sure. Yeah. I can't, it would, it would have been really cool actually to see Dion and some of these guys um, and Bo would have been awesome to see. He would have been amazing to see. I, he, 
I was I never liked Bo when Bo was playing, uh, because I hated the Raiders. Mm. But one like looking back, oh man, he was amazing. He was such a such an incredible uh, athlete. So, um, so if there's if there's anything about the combine now, was it is there anything you would change? Any events you would add in, or um, anything you would change as far as like rules and things like that? To, to yeah, it probably a few things, uh, and I would just kind of tweak them really more than anything. Um, and we kind of touched on this earlier. You know, I don't know if a, a broad jump or a vertical is really necessary for uh, the quarterback position. Yeah, I think there's probably other drills that you could insert that would be more reflective of that position. Yeah. Um. So I'd probably look at maybe modifying, changing. The drills for a little bit more specifically for the positions. Yeah, and then I would I would definitely open it up to one make sh- make sure that whoever is invited has to participate in it's, everything in everything. Yeah, and two open up to a lot more players coming in because I, I still I still think there's a ton of guys that we don't even know or have heard about. Yeah. Um, in smaller colleges that are just as gifted. Yeah. And it would be kind of nice to see that. I would love to see, uh, in the same vein as what you're saying, specific drills. Um, Picking a quarterback is really hard, and Mm -hmm. it's not an exact science. So I'd like to see a little bit more dealing with um, accuracy. I think that's something that, yeah, I can throw it 60 yards, but I want to see accuracy right so i don't know if you've ever seen this before where they have the drills where you throw a ball through a little hoop yep or they have them where they're aaron Rodgers does them all the time where he throws it into a basket that's like 80 yards downfield yeah things like that where you're like okay let's see what your intermediate accuracy is like let's see what like your short accuracy and get them throwing and see if they can get them in those spots because that's such a big thing right like the windows are so big in college but in 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 nfl it's so small if you can't hit a a small target, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that in the NFL? So things like that. I, I know this would never happen, but I would like to see um, players running actual plays, almost like what they do with the senior bowls where they're playing against each other, yep. but not offense against defense. Let's just line up the offensive line. Let's get some receivers, tight end, quarterback, running back. Let's, let's, let's run some plays, right? Some drills. basic drills yeah. where I can see them more in action. I don't think they'd ever do that, but, um, cause it'd be, that's a whole other, um, learning curve for how to pull that off. But things like that, that actually allow them to see what they'd be like in more real life situations. I would also like to add, it would be awesome. Awesome to see guys, not necessarily on their the interviews, but, that segment that Mariucci did with yeah. the one that I saw with Richardson, I think it would be awesome to have something like that where it's mandatory. Where yeah. We all in see front it. of people. Yeah. Because yeah. again, all the pressure in the world if you're a quarterback, you right. can't do it. Yeah. How are you going to do it in front of a, um, in the huddle with everybody screaming at you? Right. And, you know what I mean? Like, what, how do you handle distraction? Yeah. And that kind of, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. I would love that. So, so now moving into, this year's combine, uh, which was again, it was amazing. If you, if our listeners ever have a chance to come to Lucas Oil Stadium, because again, it is open uh, for tickets, you can get down here. It's 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 an amazing event. But mm-hmm. what was a couple things? What was your most impressive? Um, what was the most impressive thing about it this year, as far as like, sorry. What was what were you most impressed about this year uh, with the combine? But also, what are your thoughts on the, the combine from a fantasy perspective? Like, which position groups were you really impressed with? Which were really more, more disappointing? From a from a fantasy perspective, um, I would say I was a little bit disappointed with the receiver class. Very small class, eh? Yeah, like not small as in, as in numbers, but like. Everybody was tiny, you yeah, know, like 170 pounds and five nine. Like I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen that before. I would have liked to have kind of seen a little bit more. Yeah, um, I was, I was very, very impressed with the quarterbacks. Um, some of the guys that 
actually like Stetson Bennett was better than I, I yes. thought. Um, Jake Hayner was better than I thought. Um, I would have so, loved to see Hendon Hooker there. Unfortunately, yeah. like with him and, and, and I think he would have actually participated. I, I totally think that um, he would have been a fun guy to see in that mix, though. Yeah, because I, I think he would. I I actually think he would have been. He would have put up similar, maybe not as fast, but I think he would have put similar numbers up, like Richardson. Yeah, maybe. I mm, I think he's got a. I think he's got a great arm. He does. I don't know if he's he's that fast. No, but no, I don't. I don't think he's that fast. But um, I think his speed would have been like. Good. Good enough, it yeah. would have been good enough. But I think he's got a great arm. Um, running backs were, I don't know. I, I think I kind of expected a little bit more from Bijan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wasn't, like, he's good. He's great. And I think he's going to be in, an all-time talent yeah. in the NFL. But for some reason, it just didn't, like, there was no pop for me with Bijan. When, when you see players coming out where, you know, they're saying he's the next Saquon, he's the next... Um, Peterson or, you know, one of those guys who's a, a generation, I've heard that generational back. Yep. You're, I was expecting more. Um, and you know, a 4.47 is not slow. No, but he was saying he was going to break. He said he was, he's like, I'm going to run a four, three. That's a big difference. A four, seven, 4.47 and four, three is a big difference. And, and I wonder, I wonder if, because he knows he's the top back. What do I got to gain? Yeah, right. Like, what? Why would I even give myself an opportunity to get hurt? I'll just kind of coast through through this and just to get it done. Yeah, I wonder if he had a little bit of that mindset. Yeah, maybe. But my my most impressed uh, group was the tight ends. Oh, the tight ends are insane. Yeah. They're huge. Again, these huge. ridiculously sized guys. Were, I was I was shocked at the speeds that some of these guys were running. Yeah. Um. Musgrave put up some big numbers. You know, he his his speed. Then there were some guys that that weren't um, they weren't big names coming in. Made some big names. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I, I was blown away at how many of these guys were six foot six and above. Yes. Like it, it, I remember three, four, five years ago, it was like if you had a, a guy that was six foot seven, that, that was an anomaly. Yes. And now it's and like, they were playing offensive line. They were right. playing tight end. Yeah, like Jimmy Graham is is the is the guy that I remember being like six foot seven, six foot eight. Yeah, um, and everybody was just like, "Wow, this guy's incredible!" And he had a great first four or five years in the yeah. league. But, but how now, does a guy like Darnell Washington? Yeah, how does he run that fast? No, I, I don't know. It's it's pretty bananas that he, and and for him to be able to run that fast and show how. He has good hands, and to be what was he two seventy? By the 264. time but by the time he's playing in the NFL, I bet by the time he has his pro day, he's two seventy. Oh, for yeah, he'll be two eighty because these guys always pack on weight, you know, just yep. because they've got trainers and they're full time doing it. He's going to be the size of an offensive lineman who can run a four five and has great hands. He's never going to come off the field, and you're never going to know when they're going to throw the ball to him because yeah. He can go to a team where they can run 12 personnel and they have two tight ends and he'll be a guy that they can run towards and just blow guys off the line. And then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere and goes down the seam and catches a 30 yard ball. Like I've never seen anything like this guy. And he's a, he's a great blocker too. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so he's the full package, but he's an insanely big man. And you know who else is going to be, I think might end up being a bit of a sleeper. Um, is another guy, six or seven guy, Zach Coons. Every again, one of these guys that uh, when he came into the draft, you're like, uh, like who is this guy or whatever? I guess he used to play for Penn, and he, but he was behind. Like Penn's had some really good yeah. um, tight ends that he he was behind for a period of time. Um, but he goes to to uh, Old Dominion, puts up some good numbers there. But yeah, he comes and blows everybody out. Speed four five, five I believe. Yeah. Uh, he's got all the height and he he has everything you need. And right. but you're you're kind of looking at him going, like he just blew away the the competition. But is he going to be that good? Right. So he's a guy that is is all of a sudden on the radar. But it's like, eh, I got I got to do a little bit more research on him. It's the same thing with um, Sam Laporta. Yep. 
um, didn't have, wasn't great in college, but again, he's coming from tight end you. So, so is he going to be great? And I was, I was impressed with Sam. I wonder though, does he get a lot of benefit because he's coming out of Iowa and there's a history of hundred percent, right? There's, there's that. Yeah. The, oh, you know, tied in you just like you just referred yeah. to him as that. So I wonder if there's a little bit of that. Um, the funny part was the guy that was in almost everybody's board as marked as the, the top tight end was the one of the more disappointing ones. Yeah. Um, Michael Mayer, he he ran a four seven, which is not slow for a tight end. There's many guys that run that, and from you know, tight ends that I watched who were interviewed after the combine, um, they were like, "Our forty time makes no difference because we're we're barely ever going more than ten yards without doing an out or doing right. some kind of a a hook or something like that." That we don't need straight line speed, but. All his other things too, like his, his like his other measurables. They he wasn't he didn't look great. No, but I still think that I'm willing to bet that Mayer and Robinson both knew they were the top at their position. Yeah, and they kind of coasted. Yeah, through the combine. I I bet you his pro. I bet you their pro days are going to have different numbers. Yeah, and they're going to be insane. And he is going to be the number one. He's the number one tight end prospect in this draft. Yes, and and he will definitely be picked number one. And, you know, going in as as a tight end, he'll be the first tight end off the board. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. I I'm, it depends on on which team is drafting a tight end and for what purpose. Because I could absolutely see Darnell Washington going before him strictly because if he goes to a oh, running, really? uh, yeah, if he goes to a running team. And they're like, we need a, we want a great blocker, mm-hmm. but we also want a good tight end. Like he's a, he's a freak athlete with freakish size that I could absolutely see him going above him. Yeah. Well, that'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So, um, and so as far as, as, uh, you had mentioned, um, disappointing. Yeah. Receivers for me yeah. didn't put up big numbers. Um, just the, the class in general there, I like a, when I'm drafting receivers, I like receivers that are in like six one six two. Give the give a good target for the the quarterback. Um, with it doesn't have to be crazy speed, but like you know four five is is enough to be able to yeah. have some some separation speed. Being able to do I, hardly anybody did the three cone drills. That was one of those things that kind of bothers me. It's like hardly any running backs and receivers did the agility drills that allow you to be able to make a decision on them. Right, that bugs me. Um, but like there were some really disappointing uh, um, Addison and Butte, so had brutal yeah uh, outings. Two guys from the receiver class that kind of I walked away thinking, okay, a um, little bit more impressed with. One was JSN. Yes, so much question about how was he going to be because he didn't play at all last year. Yeah, his route running is. Bananas. He is. He, he's by far the best route runner in this. When you class. talk about three cone drills, yeah, he had a record breaking three yeah. cone drill. His his route running is yes. by far the best in this class for sure. Yeah. And then the other guy that kind of I was kind of surprised with was Bryce Ford Wheaton. Matt, this, yes. I mean, six foot four, two hundred and twenty pounds, and ran a four three eight. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into his like see if I can find some tape on him. Um, because there wasn't a lot of buzz about him. No, he came out of nowhere to me. Yeah, like he, I was like, oh. So I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look in on him. But yeah, he had a, he from a measurable standpoint. Yeah, he's the size you want. He's the speed you want. I just want to see if if he puts up the numbers. But like, there were guys like I'm looking at Zay Flowers had a great combine, but he's tiny. Yeah. Um, Tank Dell tiny. Josh Downs tiny. There's a lot. Uh, Jalen Hyatt is a bigger guy, but he's he's very slight. You know, like he's a thinner frame. So is he going to be more uh, of a, like a down, like take the, the top off the defense and you just bombing it out to him? Because again, from a fantasy perspective, I, those guys drive me nuts because yeah. it's the, uh, you know, one week he's going to have two touchdowns on two catches and then the next week he's got nothing. So um, Rashid Rice had a, had a nice combine, but yeah. he's again, smaller guy, right? So 
Well, we'll have to see how that class goes, but um, so if I if I was to take a, a flyer here and say who's the top receiver off the board in this class, for me, it's probably going to be Quentin Johnson. Probably he's probably going to be the first one off. Didn't have a outstanding. I disagree with you on that. But. I don't think he had an outstanding combine. Yeah, but given his size and. I mean, what, what he did, I probably think he's going to be the first one off the board. I, I have a feeling Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be number one. I, I think he's the best. It's 1A, 1B, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting, though. I mean, Ohio State's come, like, there's that's a wide receiver, you, it seems like, the last few years. Y- yeah, they've had some good, they've always had good receivers that come out of there for, for quite a while. Um LSU is to me is LSU Clemson are two ones that just have had ridiculous receivers coming out. But do you have any sleepers that you you have uh, from from the combine? I think one guy to kind of keep an eye out for is Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Yes, I think he had he did okay. Like he had a good combine. Um, we kind of touched on the the tight ends. Um, as far as running, it's so backs. deep the tight ends. I can't, I can't, I can't emphasize. Yeah, how Evan Hall, how many guys, the running back. Evan he's Hall, my number one uh, um, at the running back position. He was probably the guy that I was the most impressed with in that um, yeah. uh, that position. Yeah, and and coming in, that guy. Uh, not a lot of guys talked about him. Uh, I don't think he's going to be. He's probably going to be still a day three uh, pick, which is kind of scary from at least from a dynasty perspective. Um, because there's no capital there, right? Yeah. Um, but he had a, a really good 2021, ran for over a thousand yards, had 33 catches. 2022, yeah, this is for Northwestern, had 900 yards, um, 55 receptions. So you know he can catch, mm-hmm. you know he can run. Uh, he's 5'11, 210, which is a great size. And he did really well at the combine. He ran a 4.47, uh, had a great shuttle at 4.38. Like there were so many things, great broad jump at 10.3. Um, so he had a number of, of really, he bench pressed, not that it's a big deal, but he bench pressed 21 times. Right. So he has the size and the strength to be able to do it. I just don't know if he's going to have a buy-in from a, um, from a team. And that's the problem with late round guys is I that see you got to buy in. I see him being kind of a, Rex Bur- Burkhead kind of guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can see the Patriots yeah. picking a guy like him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. What about the quarterback position? Was there any sleepers for you on the, at the quarterback? Stetson Bennett. You, you, yeah. You, you, I've you, said that from even before the combine. I'm like, this guy's not getting enough press. Uh, he, I don't, I, maybe it's because he won back to back national championships. He reminds me so much of Joe Burrow. In the sense of his attitude, he goes in there. And he's like, "I'm going to win this." Like, it's a cockiness, but it's it's not an obnoxious cockiness. He backs it up. It's it's like Joe Burrow when he won the national championship and he got that cigar out. Yeah, and he's just having. I love that, and I want that in a quarterback. I if there's a if there's a guy that's coming out of this draft, he's not going to get drafted. In I I my guess is he's probably going to be a fourth or fifth round or later pick. I just don't think he's going to be an early, early round pick. I just think he's going to, he has to have some things break. Just like, you know, you look at Purdy yeah. last year, he's got to have some, some, uh, some things break his way, but I could see him guy gets hurt. He comes in and he, he, he just takes it over. I could see that he, so he's, he's not, he's not built big. Uh, I think he's around six foot, maybe six one. Um, but his arm strength they were, they were, I've never seen this before at the, at the combine, but they were testing how fast they could throw a ball. And, uh, I think it was Richardson and who was the other quarterback? There was another guy that, Oh, um, Levis threw the ball 59, 58, 59 miles an hour, which is the fastest ever. Like it's a newer recording, but like the fact, like that's faster than Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. or harder than like he, he throws harder than Stetson Bennett steps up. 59. Like I was like, wow. So he's got, he's got the, he's got the mechanics. He's got the winning pedigree. He's got the cockiness. He's got the belief in himself. It's whether or not he gets the opportunity. And I think he's got a chance. So 
here's here's something I'm just going to throw out there. Yep. We haven't talked about this before. I'm going to throw this out there. If Lamar yep. leaves yep. and goes to another team, don't be surprised if the Ravens end up drafting Bennett because the OC at Georgia is now the OC could at happen. the Ravens. It could happen. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And as a Ravens fan, I, for one, I'd be okay. Yeah. Because even if he doesn't pan out, that's fine. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see that happen. Yeah. One, one guy teams. that um, I was kind of impressed with um, was Dorian Thompson Robinson. He yes. also had a really strong arm. Yeah. Again, again, older quarterback. Yeah, I, we talked it, about this before, though. Yeah, I, to me, I don't care because these guys last. Quarterbacks last much longer, right. than other positions, and maybe a little bit of maturity. The only thing I've heard is that, like, once the older quarterbacks come in, they're kind of more set in their ways. Their mechanics are kind of set. The younger guys, they, the the teams believe that they can morph and like build into whoever yeah. they are. But when you're 25 years old, you are who you are. But uh, I, yeah. He's he had a he had a big arm. He's accurate. Um, five year starter. I think he was a five year starter. So it'll be um, interesting to see what happens when where he goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was it was this this combine was really really fun. I really enjoyed being here. A lot of cool moments. A lot of really good really good memories coming out of here. I think and I think there's gonna be some great players. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be necessarily superstars, but I think there's going to be a lot of good NFL players. I would agree. The when when the when I first started doing research on this on this draft class, um, there was I wasn't really overly hyped up because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have those big names, especially with receivers. I'm, I love checking out the receivers. I wasn't really super impressed with them, uh, but the more that I've seen some of the quarterbacks that have um, been putting on their show. And then the tight ends uh, really impressed me. Mm-hmm. There's some great defensive players. We didn't even touch on on those because, from a fantasy perspective, but um, there's some really nice defensive players that are coming out. And I think a team, if they play their cards right, can really fill out those holes yep. that they need with solid, solid players in later round drafts. So um, I'm I'm pretty excited about seeing what happens and seeing some of the what what teams are going to do with trading players that we talked about in right. like with Rogers or Lamar, are they going to get early round draft picks and how that's all going to work um, for this draft? I'm really excited about the draft yeah. coming up. Yeah, so me too. We will have uh, an exciting show uh, when that, when that happens. And so, you know what else I'm really excited about? What are you excited about, Mike? Next year coming back. I think next year's draft class is going to be just as impressive, if not more than impressive than this year. Every year, I there are. I know we say this. I know <laughs> there are guys that, and it's funny when you look at some of the players from even this year, um, like Tank uh, Bigsby. Not, no, the running back from Auburn, Bigsby. Is it Bigsby? Okay, yeah. I'm thinking of who? Who's the? There's another guy. I thought that was Tank something from Tank Dell. Dell. That's who I'm. I, how many Tank guys can there be? <laughs> anyway, Tank's Bigsby. He two years ago was like this guy's gonna be a star. And then he kind of fell off the map this year. So it's like, which, who's, is he a star or isn't he? Yeah. Right. And so going into this year, there's so many guys with like high quarterbacks with height. Um, there's a few of them that, you know, should be top, you know, 10 picks, but it's like, who's going to come out of the woodwork and become that guy. Who's going to be the, the Joe Burrow that comes yeah. out of nowhere. And uh, which, which players are going to really rise, which ones are going to fall. But if, Things go that the way that they are. It's going to be a really good draft. So much hype on the two quarterbacks next year. Yeah, May and Williams. Every everyone from what I've heard and everyone that I've talked to, everyone's saying it's their generational talents. Yes, and it's not common to have two of them in the same draft. Yeah, so that should be that should be. I hope I hope they both get participate in the drills of, of the combine. I, I hope that they don't, they don't they, take the price for up. They won't. Young. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> but yeah, they're, it, they're super talented. And I think that there's always a few guys that come out of the woodwork um, that will challenge for that. Maybe not top overall pick, but top 12. There's always guys that get, you yeah. know, they're, they're re- it's a reach. But yeah, this is great. Um, so until next time, thank you to our listeners for putting up with us for another 
uh, episode. And if you have any questions, yes. shout out at, uh, on our Twitter. Yes, we forgot to mention that last episode. Uh, we got to yes. be better. Be better. Be better, man. At Huddle McFumble. Yes. And uh, we look forward to episode five. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Huddle McFumble podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or any of the other major platforms. To learn more about us, visit our website at huddlemcfumble.com and join the conversation by following us on Twitter or Instagram. The Huddle McFumble podcast is an original Sharp production in partnership with Nejati International. This podcast is not to be reproduced or rebroadcast without express written permission.